everyone, and it is uh, episode 11 of Going Beyond Salvation. This is season 3, and this is your host, Jess Robinson. And today, uh, we're going to try to not take breaks. We'll see how it goes. Uh, today is just a wonderful afternoon. Uh, we're I'm pretty much getting my gardening ready and transplanting plants and different vegetables over and we're going to try more container gardening this year and see how that goes and so we're kind of in that process we've had a a warm spell here in Wyoming so a lot of our plants are are growing pretty quickly because of the warm air that we have and so it's been pretty nice so that's been kind of my days when I have days off is working on getting my gardening stuff done before I do my podcast for the day. So uh, continuing on, you know, in the book of Deuteronomy, I'm just going to point out um, a couple of things that, you know, Moses writes, and then we're going to kind of really just go and let this, I just felt the the spirit wanting me to kind of just he was working, you know, Deut- you know, from Deuteronomy chapter 26 and then Psalm 44 and then Luke chapter 8, like, all together. So, so continuing into 25, uh, they, they talk about, you know, just one of the things I wanted to point out was, you know, the dispute, um, uh, taking it to the court. This is, um where we get the, the 40 lashes minus one, which is 39 lashes, because in that time, uh, the Jewish people believed that if somebody was flogged and it went past 40 lashes, it was essentially the person was going to die. Uh, Jesus, I think, I believe he went, you know, some just say he had the 40 lashes, but really the Romans didn't care. They... They just went as long as they wanted to, you know. So, um, you know, there's different beliefs in that. Um, so the next thing I wanted to point out, people go, what is the deal? You know, even as a brand new believer, when I was a brand new believer, it was, you know, this whole do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain. It's like, what does this have to do with me spiritually? Why? And, you know, it was a command, you know, that, you know, God cared about the animals that they were taking care of and that they were to be given sufficient feed to maintain strength and health. They were to be treated humanely. They were to be given rest, just like even the, the land itself was to have a Sabbath rest. You know, it wasn't just people. The animals were to have a Sabbath rest, you know. Everybody was supposed to. And we kind of apply that in the New Testament era, you know, in our days that, you know, it applies to ministers of the gospel, you know, though, and it could be evangelists, missionaries. They are to, you know, be taken care of, you know, given fair, reasonable wages. So that's just something that, you know, it, how it applies. 
and and then continuing on in in five and in six through at least ten. Um, this is dealing about the kinsman redeemer. This was something that the Lord instituted that, you know, if a man dies and, and his wife doesn't have a, a child, they didn't have a child, there was no son or even a daughter, I believe. It's his son, but I believe probably there, even if there wasn't a, a daughter. But what it, what it was is without a son, they the widow couldn't remarry outside of the family. And this is where the kinsman redeemer comes in because what it was is she was supposed to go to a brother-in-law and marry the, the brother-in-law. And then the first son uh, was to carry on the name of, of the dead brother so that his his lineage would not die out. And, and we will see that in, in the book of Ruth and it, it's, you know, in the book of Ruth, it's pointing to Jesus as our kinsman redeemer. And we'll go more into that when we go into the book of Ruth. And, uh, it's just a, one of my favorite books in the Old Testament, you know, there's just several books in the Old Testament that, you know, are, are just amazing and, Many people say, oh, this is archaic, and it's like, no, it's not. We still can apply the story of Ruth to our lives, you know. You know, we, you know, you can apply the, the book of Ruth with teenagers and telling, you know, girls and even guys to, to wait, you know, for their Ruth and, and for, you know, to wait for your Boaz, you know, patiently. That's something we've we've talked about. In our youth groups and stuff. And so, you know, just that's something that pointed out to me and that I wanted to point out. And then he does talk about the Amalekites that they, when they were given rest, they were to deal with them. And we will see that the, the repercussions with the, the Amalekites, because uh, with King Saul, he's given that order, um, and he does not follow that order. He spares some of the Amalekites, and then they, you know, later on raid Ziklag and take uh, David's, you know, wife and all of his men's wives and children. And then as you continue on, actually in the story of, or in the book of Esther, Haman, who wants to kill the Jews, is actually, if you look at his lineage, it goes back to the Amalekites. So, this is something that will really go into a lot more discussion as we continue on in the Old Testament. And they're going to continue to keep popping up, so, these Amalekites. But I really want to focus on, in, in chapter 26, you know, it's just remembering the Lord brought us out, you know, and as, as brought up in verse eight, you know, the, the Israelites, they had these first fruits and tithes, you know, these, these different celebrations, they were to remember always that their existence and redemption came out about because of what God had done for them. You know, the Passover 
It was a remembrance of, of them being redeemed from Egypt. You know, their first fruits and, and tithes was for what the Lord had done for them in, you know, when they get the, the land. And, you know, they were to confess this truth publicly. And they were to respond with offerings of thanksgiving, joy, goodness, you know, towards others and, and obedience to God's commands, you know, just as I've, I've talked about, you know, this, you know, goodness towards others is also, you know, applied with us today. And, you know, as believers in Christ, you know, all of it, you know, that I've kind of talked about, it applies to us today. You know, we're, we're to owe our lives and salvation to God's mercy through Christ. We're to allow Christ live within us. You know, we're, we're to confess this truth publicly, you know, and Christ calls us to be witnesses, you know, we're to be witnesses wherever we're at, you know, even in our own jobs, we are to be witnesses, you know, it's because we've been redeemed and purchased by his death. You know, he's our kinsman redeemer and we become his when you know, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you become his possession. And so, you know, we're to live in gratitude through prayer, worship, you know, reading our Bible. That we're to be these living sacrifices to the Lord and, and not be conformed to this world anymore. But be transformed, you know, through the Holy Spirit that we can do his will. And it's it's a daily Thing. That's why this is called going beyond salvation. It's a daily process. It's a daily reading, daily time of spending in prayer. You know, we're to tithe as well. We're to give our first fruits to the Lord and we're to have goodness towards others, you know, you know, as a testimony that Christ is not in the tomb anymore and to obey his commands because we love him. Those you know, that obedience comes through our love and that's, and because we are saved, you know, we're not saved by works, but they happen because we are saved and we're living it and, and, and letting Christ live within us and crucifying our sins. You know, it's a process, you know, obedience is a process, you know, like as I was talking, you know, as a newspaper reporter, I was interviewing you know, interviewing the, this man that wrote a book about, you know, his process, you know, from, and it was a 25 year journey of, of finding peace, you know, understanding the peace of Christ after his son committed suicide. And even then he said he was still on a journey beforehand because of of his life that he lived beforehand and and so he's lived this life and he said it's a daily is it a daily process and you know he's his faith has increased over the years and so you know and, and with that you know they were to lift that they were to be obedient and follow the Lord's commands. And then there's these things about the curses on, on Mount, from Mount Ebal. And we look at these curses and there's this interesting thing about, you know, in verse 15, and it says, and sets it up in secret, you know, about this altar. Yeah. Many of the sins 
that are listed. These curses for these sins are done in secret. And, and at this point, you know, the Israelites were acknowledging that a person was accountable to God, even when he or she was alone, you know, and, and that's the same way with us. We are accountable to God, even when we're alone, we think, oh, we don't, you know, we're just accountable on Sunday in front of everybody. No, we're accountable to God 24 seven. We're accountable to God in our jobs. We're accountable to God in our homes, how we treat our spouses, how we treat our kids, how we treat our family, you know, our extended family. We are held accountable. Nothing is in secret before, you know, what we think is in secret, it's before God's eyes. And, you know, what is done in secret will be brought to light. And so, you know, that's something I wanted to point out in chapter 27. And, and we'll, you know, we're getting closer and closer to the end of Deuteronomy and, and moving on into the book of Joshua, which is in one of my other favorite books in, in the Old Testament. But we'll be moving forward and, and talking about the, the blessings for obedience and, and what happens in, in regards to disobedience. But, you know, just moving on from there, you know, we look at Psalm 44 and it's just so interesting how it just really ties in with the reading with Psalm 44 that, you know, it says, you know, we had have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what you did in the days and days long ago. And he's talking about, you know, the, the psalmist here, and we don't know if this is David or not. You know, it's not attributed to him uh, at at this point. We're in book two. And so as you kind of go along in the Psalms, we'll we'll still see some that are attributed to David. But a lot of them are actually possibly written later on. And actually some of them, I, if I remember correctly, you know, don't quote me on this. I'll have to look it up later. But what it is, is some of these were actually written you know, attributed to after the exile, when they were coming back from their exile from, from Babylon. That is some of those. Uh, but here we see, you know, in, in this psalm, you know, the psalmist is remembering just as, you know, they were commanded to remember what the Lord has done. They're praising the Lord for what he has done. However, in this psalm, they go, wait a minute, you've rejected. They feel rejected. You know, they're like, we haven't sinned. You know, and they're trying to, you know, they're checking their heart. And this, the psalmist is checking their heart and they're going, wait, they're perplexed because they feel forsaken. They're being defeated by their enemies, but they haven't sinned. And it's just like, and we'll talk about this when we get into the book of Job as well, that, you know, there's this whole misconception that when bad things happen to believers, that it's a, a sign that they have some kind of sin. And, and we see that in the New Testament as well with some people that, that have sickness, uh, leprosy, you know, bleeding, 
whatever it could be, that it was attributed to sin. And it's not that all and not that all the time. It's not the case all the time. But, you know, in verse 22, the answer, you know, it's is for your sake, we face death all day long. You know, you know, as God's children, you know, even though we're upright and blameless, especially when we get to the book of Job, you know, Job was, he was upright and he, he was blameless and he had this heart for the Lord. You know, it, we still undergo great ab- adversity, you know, dark part and periods of testing and times when God's presence seems to be withdrawn. We feel like he's not there, that he's not hearing our prayers. And that's not, you know, the truth that he's, he's not withdrawn. He's still there, but we all go through those times and, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, in this Psalm is reveals that some suffering comes to God's faithful people because they maintain loyalty to him in a hostile world. We are in a world that lives opposite from, from the Lord. We live in that, that same kind of, you know, they, they live opposite from us. They're, they're sinful. They don't know, you know, just as my pastor was saying last Sunday, they know only their father, which is the devil. And that's in, in the book of John. When we get to the book of John, it'll be there. And, you know, Jesus says that. This world is opposite. And so there's this conflict, you know, when you're going away, you know, against the, the, the world, what the world does, there's friction that's going to happen. And so it's going to happen. And even Paul, you know, the apostle Paul, he quotes this verse of, you know, for your sake, we face death all day long in Romans chapter eight, verse 36. And it's, you know, to teach that all of those who identify with Christ and refuse to conform to the evil world is they're going to undergo grief, persecution, and suffering. However, at the same time, as God's people, we are assured of victory through Jesus Christ. We have that promise that God is for us and that no adversity can separate us from his love. And, you know, I was sharing that with my youth group that, you know, especially in this time with COVID-19, you know, with, you know, I sent out this message to my youth group in in a newsletter that was sent out by our church. And, you know, I haven't been able to meet with my youth group since I believe it was like end of February, beginning of March. It was, it was beginning of March because it was right before their spring break, this whole thing happened. And actually it happened, all of our shutdowns actually happened when Park County and even Bighorn County, several of the counties here in Wyoming were actually on spring break. So it actually kind of worked out because these teachers could come in from their spring break and get their online stuff going. Uh, what was happening was, you know, I, I had prior to, or after that, you know, prior to writing this, this article for these kids that, 
I had this dream and I was back in high school and, you know, I was on an airplane and with my classmates, we were getting off the airplane. I was getting my luggage and I turned around and they were gone and I couldn't find them. And I woke up and I remember, you know, waking up from this dream and feeling the same familiar thing about a feeling of abandonment that I felt in high school. And, you know, this whole time with COVID-19, I've actually been reading this book called Your Sacred Yes. And it's actually been, you know, the Lord has been bringing up things from my high school years that I've kind of just stuffed in. And, and so we need, we need to deal with this because this is why you act like this. And, and I've, I've seen a change in myself where I, you know, I'm, I'm saying no, you know, and I'm like, when this is all done, I'm not going to be doing this anymore. It's time for somebody else in the church to do this job. It's time for somebody else to do this job. My focus is here now. And, and because my focus is here, I want my weekends with my husband. And because of that, my husband was like, whoa, like, cause he's used to me just taking on all this stuff. And when I said that, he was just kind of like, and I think he was touched because I was sitting there going, well, I want to spend some or spend my weekends with you. And it was like, and he, he just kind of sat there and I think he, I think he was appalled by it. Like not in a bad way, but he was just kind of like, wow. <laughs> so anyway, but you know, we, we go through those times and I, I told, you know, these kids that even with this feeling of, of abandonment, you know, and, and, and in high school, you know, cause at the same time I get my invitation for my 10 year reunion from high school at the same time that this whole thing's going on and I feel you know, led by the Lord to talk to the kids about this, that, you know, through high school and out of high school, you're going to make friends and friends are going to move away and you're not going to be friends with the same friend. You're not going to be friends with the same friends as you were in high school. You're going to go, you know, there's all these changes in life that happen. And, you know, some of your classmates, Because at the same time, you know, one of my mom's classmates passed away, you know, and my mom's not that old, you know, and so this guy's not that old either that he died. He, he just died of a heart attack and, you know, it really rocked my mom because she's like, I never thought he would die. Like she thought, and, you know, and it kind of rocked us too, because we didn't know you know, he would, he had gone to our church a few times, but this man had struggled with alcoholism and, and, you know, our hearts were like, we really hope that he, he got right with the Lord before this whole thing happened. And, and so, you know, I was telling the kids, you know, some of your classmates are going to die, you know, for me personally, uh, already one, I know for sure one of my classmates, no, two of my classmates have actually died that I know for sure. You know, one, she died unexpectedly. She had asthma and her asthma just flared up one day and she died. And, you know, I don't know where she's at personally. And it, it hit me 
really hard. You know, I was crying because I, I was still in college with her. She was dealing with unforgiveness issues. She wasn't, she was having a hard time with forgiving this, this person who was our classmate. He, her sister was in a car with him. He was driving too fast. He got in a wreck. He was barely injured. The person behind him was barely injured. She was ejected through the halfway through the window and she died. This this young this girl's sister and then her fiance he was paralyzed and he's you know, paralyzed for the rest of his life. And she dealt with a lot of anger and bitterness. And I feel like, you know, bad for her because, you know, I feel bad for myself because at that time I was just a baby Christian, but I knew the truth that, that she needed to let go of this bitterness, but I didn't really get to talk to her about it. And then she ended up dying a few years later and I feel really bad about it. And, you know, but that's between me and the Lord and I've asked for forgiveness from the Lord for it and... And all of that. But you know, and another classmate of mine, he, he had addiction issues and he was on some pills and stuff and he was impaired and he actually drove his vehicle or his he was on a construction truck and he drove it off a cliff and fell uh, fell and so many feet and he, he was killed. So, you know, like I told my classmate or my youth group that some of your classmates are going to die, you know, and you're going to have family that's going to die. You're going to be dealing with all these changes in life. But what doesn't change is, is the fact that God still loves you. You know, no matter what happens, what you're going through, God still loves you. That's the constant we have and that we have this this promise that he's going to be with us this whole journey. And so, you know, I just tell them, and, and that's something that we can, you know, that we hold on to, you know, and as, you know, I'm going to jump right into the book of Luke because, you know, we get into the parable of the sower and, you know, as I was going through this, it's like, well, we've already talked about this twice before, with the other two gospels, what am I going to talk about with this? But I just was reminded and, and, you know, as I was reading Psalm 44 that about that we're, we're to remain strong in the Lord, even in times of, of testing and all of that. And it says, you know, with the parable of the sower in verse 15, but the seed on good soil stands for, <clears throat> for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. You know, and by producing a, a good crop, you know, that's us. You know, when we're on good soil, on good foundation, which is Jesus, and we're in his word, even when adversity comes, you know, and we see that in the, you know, Jesus calming the storm. You know, they had to go through this storm to get to the other side. And, and that's the same way with us. You know, the Lord has plans for us and to get to the other side, even to get to eternity. Sometimes we have to go through these storms and that we are to be a light just as with the lamp on the stand. 
but we have that assurance with the Lord. And, and because of that, there's somebody on the other side that has to, that has to hear our testimony of what God has done in our lives. And we'll see that with the, the healing of the demon possessed man in the next reading. And, you know, I know I keep talking about this, but it's like, there's a reason why this story shows up three, you know, in all three gospels, in the three synoptic gospels, you know, there's a reason why. And so that's something that we can hold on to is that, you know, the Lord is with us, that he's for us. And this, this, this trial is not forever, you know, and like I tell people that this time with coronavirus is not forever. It's, it has its time limit. And so that's essentially, you know, the hope that we have is that God is with us through this whole time. And so that's essentially it, what I wanted to talk about in episode 11. Uh, so for the next episode, the next podcast, you know, we're, we're going to discuss Deuteronomy chapter 28. We're kind of breaking it up. And I know sometimes I try to go to the end of a section the way Deuteronomy chapter 28 is, it's very long. We are going to read, you know, from verse 1 to 63 of chapter 28 and break it apart and and do what we can with that because it's, it's a huge, huge chapter. And so we'll, we'll dig into that. Uh, read Psalm 45 verses 1 through 9, Proverbs 8 verses 32 through 33, and then Luke chapter 8 verses 26 through 56. And so I'm going to end in a prayer and I just want to say thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you, God, that you are with us. And no matter what's going on, the situation Nothing can separate us from your love. And that, Lord, I just pray that you would bring encouragement where there, when, when someone feels discouragement. Lord, help us to be reminded of your goodness every single day. Lord, through your word, through journaling, Lord, whatever you need us to do through worship. Lord, may we be reminded of your goodness. May we continue to glorify you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you put people in our path that, Lord, we can share this goodness with. And that, Lord, I just pray, God, that, you know, our lives would just be this testimony of, and, and that you're, wherever we go, that your light would penetrate through the darkness. And we just give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, you guys.